You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. Friday, 27 January, U.S. fourth quarter GDP, 2.9% data coming out yesterday. I'm Simon Brown coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb studios in Houghton, Johannesburg. On the show today, we're with Mia Kruger. I want to touch on that uh, AVI update. Really good management team, holding margins, but you're tough space. And then outsurance, a lot of moving parts in there. Uh, Carl, Wales, Carl Wales from uh, Flagship Asset Management. Why China is not such an attractive investment destination. And then some thoughts from me in the MP statement downgrading our GDP because of load shedding. There is a relatively easy fix. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb. Toyota plans to manufacture electric vehicles in South Africa but needs quick Government decision on new energy vehicle policy to avoid losing EU export market. Business day, Transnet dysfunction hits Richards Bay coal uh, exports, taking it back to 1993 levels. Shipments at a 30-year low as terminal counts cost of disruption. And this is what I think is in large part hurting the Thungela share price. Morning markets, the US was green, S&P up 1.1%, Nasdaq up 2%. Uh, Asia, green, Sydney up 04 and Tokyo up a tenth of a percent. Commodities mostly red, gold 1,944, Brent the green at 87.75, platinum 1,017, palladium 1,654, Rand 17.21, Bitcoin 22,800, Tencent trading up 1% in the Hong Kong lunch break and top 40 looking for a green open but only 50 points so less than tenth of a percent. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Trading now with uh, Mia Kruger from Kruger International. Mia, as always, appreciate the early morning. The AVI update, a, a very, very tough update. I mean, input costs obviously rising, load shedding not helping. What I see more than anything is, is just a really good management team. They manage what is, frankly, crises on all different levels incredibly well. Of course, it does. It, it's not going to get easy in a hurry, I don't think. Good morning, Simon. Yes, you you actually nailed the summary there. It's a company with a very good diversification that it offers the shareholders. We've got here, uh, we've got, uh, you know, snacks, we've got uh, beverages, we've got personal goods, personal care and fashion. So it's a pretty good diversification. And that's actually what helped help the company in a tough environment mm. like we see in South Africa where the where the consumer is under severe pressure. So the premium brands as we see with their snacks and their and their and their drinks is under pressure on a volume base due to the consumer being very price sensitive at this stage and the company not being able to pass on their, their, uh, their cost increases. And what we've seen, which is very interesting, and it's a phenomenon that we've spoken about when we speak about the retailers on your show, is that the South African uh, public really likes buying clothing and fashion. <laughs> And that helped AVI quite a bit in this in this results too. They've actually broadened that uh, that base of the business. They've invested into a couple of new uh, premium uh, premium brands like Exclamation and Gravity that they they bought from Coty. And this has helped them. Even their Green Cross, uh, the exposure that's grown quite a bit, has helped the the the, the company's uh, bottom line. But the operating profit, which is up 
by only about 1.7% showing us this tough environment would have been up quite a bit more, over 8% if we strip out the INJ part of the yeah. business. And that part of the business has uh, struggled lately due to, uh, firstly, uh, catch catching being dif- difficult on the on the fishing space. And then, of course, the, the Asian market, which is a great export market for, for INJ, have been closed with China due to the COVID regulations there last year, and that really affected these numbers. So with the Chinese economy opening up again, it doesn't look too demanding at the current share prices because we know that those volumes will pick up again uh, once that economy starts ramping up, and we've seen that in various other companies as well. So I think it's sort of further along the line for AVI, but nevertheless, it's a very good opportunity for the company to grow that profit base of theirs again. Yeah, and it just, I mean, your point, I mean, so many moving parts, but just quality management left, right and center. Outsurance numbers coming out, they're a bit messy. There's still some hastings in here. So my sense is if we look at that 70% uh, uh, down, we can probably uh, take that with some, some pinches of salt. Is this a stock you're considering for, for portfolios? Well, at this stage, it's still a little bit messy, as you say. I think mm. the the numbers will clear out um, as we as we see the next trading update and so coming out. We you mentioned Hastings; they sold out of that UK uh, insurer in 2021, and that's now coming. You know, that's now affecting the share price with a drop of more than 70 percent on the earnings due to that one's off profit. But if we strip that out, we actually see a 20 percent increase. Uh, in in their in their earnings, and that means that when we look at the Australian business, which is roughly just less than half of of the income of our insurance and the South African insurance business, these are both actually making good money. Mm. And um, in Australia, we had less natural disasters, and that really helped the numbers there. And South Africa, we just had a solid a solid term. So as the numbers clear out, I'm sure that they'll become a much more understandable enterprise on the JSE and much more comparable to the other insurers and not a difficult business model as such after they've cleared out all these other holdings from the rmi stable so it, it will be it will be a much easier company to understand once this uh, corporate actions have been put to bed and, and what i'm picking up from what you're saying there is is good old-fashioned some patience there's no need to rush we yes. can wait for clean numbers we don't need to 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 rush ahead and and be in a hurry no fomo here no, absolutely. I mean, the the share price did outperform the JSE over yeah. the last uh, two three years uh, significantly. So it it hasn't been a case of um, of of laying idle, but the fact is it has been noisy. So making anything of the of the uh, the earnings numbers has been quite difficult for shareholders. Nevertheless. I think going forward, it will remain a profitable uh, company. We know that insurance over the long term has been a good Mm. aggregator for investors. So I don't think that will change anytime soon. And yes, our insurance is definitely focused on the right end of the market in South Africa. And that is very important when we look at our consumer uh, situation and the pressure that the consumer in South Africa is always under. We'll leave it there, Mia Kruger from Kruger International. Always appreciate early morning insights. If seagulls were hardy dolls who could afford to retire to the coast, what kind of bird would you be? Would you soar over the savannah or chase summer around the globe? You see, even when you stop working, your money won't. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. 
Standing now with Carl Wales, uh, Portfolio Manager at Flagship Asset Management. Carl, appreciate the early morning time. Talking China, lots of people loving China because the equity market's done great. We've seen it in Hong Kong. We've seen it in Chinese-related stocks. We've seen it in Tencent, which has, of course, flown into our market. But you, you make a couple of points, and it kicks off with the, the, yeah, we've had that strong period as we move away from the zero COVID policy. But let's be clear that that policy was an absolute mess at huge cost to personal freedoms and more recently in the last couple of weeks and months to human life. Absolutely, Simon. Um, While we've obviously moved away from zero COVID and that's a very positive development, a lot has happened in China in recent years, which in my view makes it a far more risky proposition than it was Mm -hmm. um, before this. And, you know, I I can draw on, on a number of things. One was obviously, and most of you will remember this, um, Jack Ma, the founder of Alibaba, making a statement that was critical of the regulators. Yeah. He is forced to flee China. Um, Alibaba itself is forced to abandon its plans to list and its financial subsidiary in New York, um, causing an enormous amount of, of financial damages uh, to investors. I mean, that stock uh, in particular fell 60%. Um, over the the following months. So it's just, when we think about China, obviously we're seeing a lot of positive news come out of the country now. But um, from a longer-term investment perspective, we just need to take into account the the geopolitical risk. And you mentioned, Ant, uh, there was the the destruction of the the private education. There was Didi, which which listed, and then a week later wasn't allowed to to onboard new users. That's just recently been been lifted. Now they can. It it was the way they they did regulation. And and sure, regulation's fine, but it was just ham-fisted as an outsider, and and, and you never knew where the next next one was going to come from. Yes, and um, I think with with a lot of these companies, the the management teams made mistakes and and then misread the regulatory environment. But most of these businesses are are listed in New York. I mean, they're primary mm-hmm. listings in New York. So it's actually uh, more the, the the foreign investors uh, that suffered um, as a result of this. And um, you know, it's, it's it's very unfortunate that 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 regulation, uh, you know, or or the negative effects was uh, of regulation was targeted at, at foreign investors. Place their confidence in China. Yeah, yeah, and, and you mentioned geopolitics, and I mean, in an ideal world, we would invest without worrying about politics. That that seldom I- exists, but certainly the, the Xi Jinping uh, uh, got his third term, and 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 very much ruling with an iron fist, or almost in the the sense of the olden days of dictators, or as you made, you know, we can almost draw parallels between between Russia and Turkey and and, and their respective leaders. Yeah, in, in, in the past, uh, people have always taken a, a sort of easy view of, mm. of, of, of the fact that, that China is, is actually um, an, a dictatorship of sorts. But um, because uh, their policies were so business friendly, but the reality is, uh, you know, that, that can change overnight. I mean, we, yeah. Russia, the same thing. Putin, people were, were very sanguine about the, the risk to business in that country, even though obviously political freedoms were curtailed there but um as as soon as the ukraine invasion happened then um you know then then the game changed for everyone so yeah. it's just yeah you know, it's just useful to bear in mind that that those 
tail risks are, are definitely there when power is concentrated in the hands of a single individual. And, and we're already seeing, I mean, some response. I mean, certainly, I mean, you, you make the point in the note you wrote that Apple is is moving manufacturing f- to to Vietnam, to to India, and and some of it is India saying we want you to produce in our country if you're going to sell in our country. But but certainly, the the days of of Foxconn sort of manufacturing all of Apple in China are, are over. We, we we're seeing the the caution already. Yes, absolutely, and uh, it's, it's not necessarily a good thing for for consumers. Yeah. I mean, it will uh, perhaps lead to um, higher prices just because supply chains have have become uh, become a lot more complex. But um, the, the reality is is when China was closed during uh, zero COVID, you know, Western multinationals had to make alternative plans, and and they were made aware of the fact that they couldn't rely. Um, solely on, on on a single source for for many of the co- components and final products uh, they needed. So, and that that business has moved away. In my view, it's it's never going to return to China because uh, you know that risk will always be um, top of mind for for many of these businesses. Yeah, but, uh, Wayne McCurry always says markets have memories. So do so do CEOs and COOs. We've also still got some trade wars happening. I mean, it started under Trump. Biden hasn't done away with it, although he doesn't do it via Twitter is perhaps the big point. But it's particularly in the, the, the tech space. And, and, and that is also going to, to hinder China. The, the ability to sell advanced technologies to Chinese companies has been quite severely curtailed. Yeah, the, the, the Chinese walls in, in the tech sector were, were also done uh, simply so uh, the Chinese Communist Party could maintain control of, of the information that was disseminated to ordinary Chinese people. You know, as, mm-hmm. as a dictatorship, you know, um, key for them is actually keeping the population happening and keeping themselves entrenched in power. But, uh, yeah, in, in, in terms of China's relationship with the West, obviously that's gone uh, fr- from bad to worse. And while the West is partly to blame, and, and by the West, I'm, I'm specifically targeting um, out, uh, the, the U.S., um, you know, China has, has made a couple of bad decisions itself. And I mean, mm. taking the, the position of, of Russia in this Russian-Ukraine conflict, you know, certainly when Western public opinion is very much in favor of Ukraine, was was also not not a friendly uh, move. And and one where, where I'd, I certainly don't, don't see substantial benefits in, in that um, taking that position for the Chinese. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it doesn't look like that relationship is going to improve anytime soon, and I think it's to the detriment of both parties. And, and, and the short answer then to, to, to wrap it is, is that you know, investors should be looking to actually allocate less to China. It's difficult, particularly as a South African investor with, with, with NASPAS process slash Tencent, but to, to have a smaller allocation to China, to, to be careful and, and to not get sucked in by the great numbers that we have seen from, from, from their indices over the last couple of weeks and months. Yeah, I, th- I think it's always useful to uh, remember that past returns are not indicative of, of <laughs> yeah. future returns. So, um, you know, it's a recent outperformance of Chinese markets should be extrapolated. And from a portfolio perspective, I, I just think um, it's always prudent to have a globally diversified portfolio. Mm-hmm. Uh, China, I mean, I've, I've mentioned it, it, it a couple of times in different forums. You know, South Africa is 0.5% of global GDP. Yeah. Most South Africans are overly exposed there. But China, similarly, um, with, within the various stock indexes globally, also makes makes a surprisingly small number. So it it, it doesn't make sense to 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 have too much um, exposure to um, Chinese stocks.
We'll leave it there. Uh, Carl Wells, Portfolio Manager at Flagship Asset Management. Carl, really appreciate the insights this morning. And that's our poll today on our LinkedIn and Twitter accounts. Your view on investing in China. I mean, is it bullish? Is it cautious? Or perhaps you just don't like China at all? What Carl is saying very, very clearly there, and he makes a completely compelling argument, is be cautious. Be careful there. Have your vote. Have your say. LinkedIn and Twitter. Your money knows it's not just about the money. It's about your returns returning the favor and empowering people. Your money can do more to change the narrative. Beyond delivering consistent returns, investing in the Stanlip Kanisa Impact Investment Fund can help eradicate poverty and protect the environment. Invest for more impact at stanlip.com forward slash more. Stanlip Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. Some thoughts this morning. You've seen it. Every update that you've read so far this year during January and truthfully even last year, they're mentioning load shedding. They're mentioning it in a negative sense. AVI uh, just yesterday. Astral uh, selling chickens at a loss of two rand a kilo. A lot of reasons, but a big part of that is load shedding, hurting their business. But but Benang Mahali said it yesterday. Uh, it, it is it is crippling our already fragile economy. Now I got some emails from people who who pulled apart Benang Mahali's uh, uh, figures and saying that they were overstated. Someone actually said that they were understated. It doesn't actually matter. If I ask you, is load shedding hurting the economy? Everybody says yes. Absolutely everybody. Even the Saab says, says so. We had the governor yesterday at the MPC uh, press conference. Reserve Bank has slashed South African real GDP forecasts for the next three years to 0.3%, 0.5%, and 1% a year as load shedding is assumed to continue. They've basically cut that GDP growth in half. Now, population growth is a little over 1%. So every single one of us is getting poorer as a result. And it is absolutely hurting. I'll say it again. Load shedding is crippling a already fragile economy. We simply can't afford it. And there is a simple answer. Government must find the money for the diesel. Diesel won't solve the problem. It won't make it go away, but it will reduce it by a stage or two. So instead of stage four, as we sit here right now Friday morning, maybe it will be stage two, which is infinitely better. It's not ideal, but we need that diesel. How it's paid for, where the money comes from, is frankly semantics. Without power, our economy is crumbling. Find the money, just buy the diesel. That's it for today. We were chatting with Gary Boyson yesterday. We're talking electric vehicles as an investment theme. And of course, Tesla. Tesla's the big one and everyone's radar when you think around EVs. They've had a a horror year or so in terms of share price, uh, but they actually put out good results on Wednesday evening after the US close. Point is, and, 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 and Viv Governor says it, Gary Boyson says it as well, very much they're saying, yep, you know what, this is really about a, a, a sort of the tech stock, the, 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 the autonomous driving. Gary just prefers some of the good old-fashioned big automakers because, of course, they're going into, into as well. Mentioned Toyota wants to make EVs in South Africa. Question we asked you, your preferred way to get exposure to EVs. A third of you said Tesla. You're absolutely loving it. A quarter was saying ETF. Uh, for that, there is certainly some ETFs in the EV space. So I'm actually quite like the idea around the miners, thinking lithium around the batteries. Uh, and then the rest of you preferred the traditional automakers, as Gary was referring to. Have your vote. Have your say. Twitter and LinkedIn. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com 
to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning, the MoneyWeb website and the app 6.30 a.m. podcast just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie Nobuchle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again Monday, increased footfall at shopping malls. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.